Hello and welcome to the Balanced Entrepreneur podcast with me, your host, Janine Friston from the Female Business Network. As we continue with the Power of mini-series of podcasts, I'm being joined by an extra special guest today, my first one on this podcast, and we're going to talk about something that's going to bring all business owners some amazing balance, confidence, understanding, and just general awareness of their business. We're going to be talking about cash flow. Now, this may send a shiver down your spine as you think about finance and cash flow and things like that. But really, as my guest will describe in the in the podcast, it's really the lifeblood of your business. If you don't know what your profit is, if you don't know what cash you've got coming in and going out, if you don't know about your sales, you've not got a business. So without further ado, let's head in to how we can all manage our cash flow a little bit better with the help of my very special guest. So I'm here today with Gemma. Thanks for joining me, Gemma. How are you? I'm really well, thank you, Janine. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. Lovely to have you. So we're going to be talking about the power of managing your cash flow in business. So a really good topic to have at this time of year as business owners start to think about the self-assessment. But before we go into that, do you want to let us know a little bit bit more about you and your business and how you help your clients? Yes, definitely. So uh, I'm Gemma. I am a business consultant slash small business expert and qualified accountant. I've been in the industry of finance and supporting small businesses for about 20 years now. And I've got two businesses. I've got an accountancy practice, Gem Accountancy Limited, and an online uh, consultancy firm, Gem Consultancy Limited. So you're busy. I am. I am. I am also a single mum of my eight-year-old um, son, Sonny, and we live in Cornwall. I actually had Sonny over in Australia and I was born there, but we relocated back when he was young to be closer to family because most of my family are Cornish. Um, so we reside down here. We're very lucky to live in a lovely part of the world. Um, I was going to say, you can't yeah. live in a better part of the world. Obviously, I'm Cornish for people that don't know as well. So it's quite, you know, it's quite a, a coincidence when we started to chat and get to know each other that we were both from sunny Cornwall. Cornish maids we just hit it off didn't we yeah Yeah. definitely yeah so we're very lucky but obviously with the online space it gives us the ability to be able to connect still at the other end of the country and around the world Um, and that's what my consultancy piece is about is about reaching more people rather than just that one-to-one model in person yeah great thank you so today we're going to talk about the power of looking after and managing your cash flow in your business so as an accountant what do you typically come across with business owners and their cash flow what's the sort of day-to-day things that people worry about or think about when they think of cash flow i think the main thing um, that i've found particularly in the last couple of years uh, coming off the back of covid was we've had a we've had a great resignation where a lot of people had a lifestyle change during COVID times and mm-hmm. realised that finding a bit more balance, speaking of the balanced entrepreneur, um, they wanted to sort of take their lives into their own hands and start up, look at side hustles, which are now converting into full-time businesses. Uh, so the new startup pool of people has grown substantially. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing I'm seeing because of that is the move from being employed and receiving your wages and then just spending from your wages to actually being responsible as a business owner for the full 
scope of the of the money that you're receiving in terms of allocating the expenses and saving the tax. So the tax piece, um, people are quite confused when they first start up about the difference between profit versus cash and mm-hmm. the importance of cash on its own, separate to the profit and the tax. I think people focus a lot on like how much is uh, profit is my business going to make? That means I'm going to have to pay this amount of tax. And they're heavily focusing on that. They're a bit scared of HMRC because of their own, you know, way HMRC market. They scare the crap out of us all. Uh, and then yeah. they forget about the piece that like the day-to-day piece for them and managing their cash flow is actually where the power lays. Yeah. Exactly. And is that because you know you said about the, you think they're scared? Is it scared of knowing what the problem is or perhaps scared of not knowing and being afraid to try and find out and speak to somebody like, like you or an, another accountant? I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's literally a fear of not what you don't know and feeling a bit silly like we should know. So I do think there's this gap and I talk about it quite a lot, the knowledge gap. And it's the gap that we've what a lot of us have experienced when we've left school or college and then we've potentially gone into an employment or started families young we've not actually ever owned our own business and then we get into these later years I say later I'm talking 13 so you know not necessarily ancient um but so we're still quite young so we feel like we should have knowledge that we don't have but it's because we've never been taught it and then people are scared therefore to ask through the fear of feeling silly or like it's a stupid question. And I'm often talking to people. Uh, I've got a Facebook group, Bossing Business, which I've tried to create to give people that safe space to come in and ask those questions. Uh, the great thing about Facebook groups is, as you'll know with yours, is you can ask anonymous questions. So you don't have to actually have your name to it, but it's it's providing that space for people to say, look, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know why we pay tax or, you know, how, what is a better way for us to manage our cash and all these questions that, we're, you know, it's not in the school curriculum. I have been told actually by a teacher um, in a local senior school that it, it, it is in there now. They do talk about tax and national insurance, um, not necessarily starting a business, but those those two key mm-hmm. concepts. So I was that, really be a, Yeah, that, I think that would be a, definitely be a, a great thing for schools to introduce because, like I say, more and more people are looking to start their own business. Yeah, um, particularly women. Women, much more women are looking to start their own business than ever before. Like I say, for that flexibility, so for that balance, and yeah, that sort of stuff. But what I, you know, what I was told when I started my first business back in 2018 was that you know you don't know what you don't know. So if you've 100%. never run a business before, don't no question is a silly question because you've never run a business before. You wouldn't go in. I wouldn't try and be an accountant and believe that I know everything, for instance. No. So you know, I would ha- I would have to ask lots of questions. So oh, it's okay it's so to true. ask lots of questions. Yeah, people are afraid to do that, aren't they? They really are. And I always liken it when people come in to see me when they're starting up. I always liken it with the conversation of like, well, the first time I walked into it a gym into the weight section of a gym and I sort of stood there at all these monstrosities of like equipment that was so intimidating and you know there's people lifting really heavy weights with big muscles and sweating and thinking I'm just not supposed to be here and mm-hmm. you know imposter syndrome sets in and I think when you start a business you've got to fight really hard with your mindset on the fact that you can do it and quieten down that little voice inside that makes you feel like an imposter. And I think with people like you and me, 
out there speaking openly about saying, you know, ask the questions, you are supported, you're not on your own. Nobody knows when they first start anything and like, you can do it. You can do it. You can, 100%, 100%. If I can, anybody can, let me tell right. you. So, <laughs> so going back to basics then, so the very first question is, you know, I always say, you know, why is it important that business owners do manage their cash flow? Let's go back to basics. You know, why is it essential that as business owners, we look after our cash flow, we know what's in our business? So the, the thing about cash is in your business, it is the lifeblood of your business. It's the mm-hmm. fuel that keeps your business running. Uh, without it, you can't pay your bills. You can't invest in new opportunities, and you're not going to be sustainable in in the longer term. You might survive, you know, a few months to a year at a push, just sort of, you know, week to week with your cash. But if you're not watching it closely in the longer term, you won't be able to recover if your business grinds to a halt. And they talk a lot about, you know, the businesses that are still when they start up that are still in business five years later. And the ones that make it are the ones that understand the importance of cash. If you're not, if you haven't got an eye on your cash, you can't anticipate poten- potential problems. So you don't know if you're spending too much where you shouldn't be spending it. In really simple terms now, if you're spending it in places that you shouldn't be spending it, or if it could be better allocated somewhere else. So it means that you might have negative practices in place. So hiring the wrong person or paying too much for a product or investing in a course or something because you're procrastinating, but it's not giving you the growth that you want. Things like that can blow out and it can go from six to 12 months before you realize, actually, I could have stopped spending the money on that in month two and employed somebody to help me, you know, earlier on to get me out of that. Mm-hmm. sticky place um yep. so, yeah, so there's the there's the risks of running into that but also it's the stuff that we can't measure with cash which is often the missed opportunities so it's being able to think i could have used my money for this or i could have invested mm-hmm. back in myself to upskill in this earlier on before it came, became a problem for me but you won't know that if you don't know that you've got that extra cash sat there so yeah, you're almost like afraid to spend it because you think, oh gosh, I don't, you know, I better not spend anything because I don't know what I've got in my business to be able to spend, isn't it? I don't know what's in my bank account. I don't know what's in my cash flow. I don't know what money's coming in or what's going out or, or anything. So you end up not doing anything. Yes. Yeah. And then you stay stagnant. Um, and then what happens is if that money's not been reinvested and we've got all of that money that we've made from the sales it's likely that our profit will be higher because we haven't spent money to bring that profit down, reinvested it back into the mm-hmm. business, which means we're going to have a bigger tax bill that we need to, than, than we needed yeah. to have. So we could have reinvested yeah. that back and sort of manipulated our profit more effectively. And if we're not watching our cash, we can't see those gaps in decision-making. Yeah. So coming up to the end of the tax year now that we're in, do you find that like sort of March on that topic, do you find that March people are suddenly looking at their bank balances or looking at their profits because they're getting ready to do their self-assessment, hopefully, if they're on if they're on course. Yeah. Um, and making quick fire decisions of gosh, I need to go and spend loads of money, otherwise they're gonna have a massive tax bill at the end of the year and they're just going out and buying loads of stuff for their business that they don't perhaps need. Exactly. That's one of the risks of not knowing and monitoring it regularly, which is one of the benefits of looking at your cash flow. If you do it monthly through the year, you don't get to this month and then absolutely crap your pants thinking, 
what this is my financial position i had no idea i've got too much profit in the business or my profit's really high but where's the money i've spent it all you know how am mm-hmm. i going to be able to afford to pay my tax bill there's so many problems that arise um when people aren't looking at their cash flow closely enough and yeah this month and next month i start getting a lot of whatsapp messages uh, should I yeah, get I this? Should I buy that? What about getting a van on finance? Or, you know, what about getting this new laptop? And you'll find there'll be um, financial year-end sales in, you know, places like Curry's and stuff like that, because they know that people are wanting to sort of get those deals in um, before the end of the financial year, which is the 5th of April. So we're, yeah, we're, we're nearly... Too far away that. from when we're recording this podcast now. We're recording it sort of mid-March, so it's only a few weeks away. So uh, yeah. I'll expect to see some of those curry sales coming in then. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of things should business owners be tracking? So if you go back to looking at your cash, what are the sort of top things that we should be looking at in our business on a regular basis? So I always say there's three key things that we want to be looking at in terms of what we're tracking. So profit is is one of them. We do want to be looking at what the profit is, um, because if our business isn't profitable, it's not going to be in the accounting world what we call a going concern, which means it's mm-hmm. not it's not going to be sustainable long term. But profit without cash flow, um, for the reasons that we've discussed, is is not enough on its own. So we want to be looking at cash flow plus our profit. And then there's a third piece that I always speak to um, small business owners about, and that is actually tracking your your sales and having a strategy around your sales, lead generation, and looking at actually how are we funneling those sales into the business? Because I believe that if we don't have a strategy about that, the you know the profit and the cash comes from that. So the three of them together, I think, are, are the things that we need to be looking at each month. Yeah, when I used to um, mentor startups, I used to make it really easy and probably not the the right way, but I used to have almost like a, a three-page spreadsheet. The first page would be, okay, what are all your costs that you've got in the business? The second page would be, you know, month by month, how what are your products or services you're looking to sell? What's your cost price? How many of those do you want to sell in every month to bring in your sales? And then it all links together in your third page of what's your profit going to be so you can monitor what's going on and stuff and people were like oh my god what is this and like it's not yeah. difficult just no. think about it as what are your costs what are you going to sell and then the first figure is what spits out at the end that you need to keep track of so that you know if you're on track or not or if you know what's going to happen in the future and and things like that but people are afraid to sort of look at it aren't they yeah, people and people do hide from bank statements. And this is probably a good uh, place to talk about people's money mindset and how people's money mindset in their personal finances. So when we're talking about money mindset, we're talking about our own personal money stories that we all have. And mm-hmm. I've started talking about it's a bit of a, like m- more popular topic recently, I'd say in the last five to 10 years, people talk about this yeah. more than the old school days. Um, and still, there's a lot of people in my audience that aren't familiar with it. But what I find is that if we don't look at what our personal money stories are, so if you heard your parents saying, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, um, there's mm-hmm. not enough money to afford to buy that, you have to save money for a rainy day, then you might find that you bring that into your business. And when you don't look at your finances, that's where you find that you've got all this extra cash that you're scared to spend. And it's not necessarily about your business mindset that you're scared to spend in your business, but it comes from 
having that personal money story growing up that, that you needed to save all of your money just in case. Just in case something happened. Yeah. yeah. Or the opposite to that could be is like you start to earn money and you don't look at it and you just end up spending everything because you've been told that in the past. It's like, oh, I've got this money in front of me now. I've been told to save it, but I'm going to I'm gonna be a bit of a rebel and I want to treat myself because I've worked hard for it. So I'm just going to go spending and spending and spending. And I fall into, into this trap myself. Just Dang. go spending stuff. I'm that Not type. knowing yeah. what it is. That's me. I am that type. So I have to watch <laughs> it myself. And obviously, you know, we're, we're all human beings. So we're all, I can give the best advice in the world. We do it with relationships as well in life, don't we? We give out the best advice. And as an accountant, I can tell people the best things to do, but I'll still have to be really careful that I don't impulse spend because that's, yeah. that's my thing. That comes from my feast and famine money growing up. You know, we had a lot yeah. and then we had a little, and then we had a lot and then we had a little. So I've brought that pattern into my adulthood and now I've recognized it. And I think that's the key is to recognize what your money behavior is personally. You know, do you hide from your bank statements because is there debt there? Um, because that might be stopping you from monitoring your cash flow in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the mindset piece is really, because I think people can kick themselves and they can think, you know, I've got to the end of the year and I don't have my tax saved again. And I've spent the money. I've got this profit. This is so frustrating. And you feel like a bit of a failure as a business owner when actually it's probably just a bit of a money block that, or potentially a money block that you've got around the fact that you don't want to look at your finances because personally, before you've had your business, you haven't been that good with money. So, you've, you know, there's a crossover there. And I, and I always yeah. try and say to people, if they've got in that sticky position, I say, let's, let's explore your money story and, you know, why it isn't working and what could help you to make you feel good about looking at your money each month and mm-hmm. your cash flow in your business. Because I think feeling yeah. good about it is key. Yeah, no, 100%. So we've got those things that we need to be tracking. Anything else that we need to be tracking in terms of our cash flow? So with, with our cash flow, what we want to be looking at saving some money for our tax. So obviously, we're going to have our profit each month, um, and that's going to give us an indication of what our potential tax would be. There is a link on the .gov website that you can actually predict your tax bill. So even if we don't have the spreadsheets or we're not looking at the software that we've spoken about, you can actually go to this link on the .gov website and type in the profit that you've made for the month, and it will tell you what your estimated tax bill will be. My recommendation would be at that point is to take that amount of money and put it in a tax pot. Yeah, I've got one of those. I've got a pot. Same. So. Just started this year. Uh, it, I'm, it's Monzo that I'm with. And a lot of the bank apps now, I've noticed NatWest is doing it. Metal. Yeah, is, metal. I'm with metal with it. And same, I yeah. And, and they've got those stuff. pots there. So it's so good. A lot of people still don't know about those pots yet. So um, that, that's a really good way to help manage your cash and tax at the same time yeah 100 percent. so we've spoken a little bit about looking at your costs your cash your um profit and your sales so and we've also touched on the benefits that this will bring so if people manage their cash flow effectively what do you see in your with your clients in your groups what does that bring to the business owner? What does it bring to their business? And what does it bring to them personally for people that are looking after their cash flow and looking after their cash? Yeah. So the biggest thing I would say is let's talk about um, when COVID hit. 
and the mm-hmm. people that hadn't really thought about I mean nobody anticipated that coming along and what that would do to our businesses but the businesses that had a finger on the pulse for their cash flow um had you know are always thinking of some form of contingency plan of if this is happening and I'm not saying we're going to plan for a pandemic another pandemic let's <laughs> god willing let's hope not. fingers crossed gosh. yeah my gosh yeah but at least we're all zoom experts now um yeah but having accurate projections of what you're anticipating your cash is going to be and uh, planning for seasonal fluctuations. So depending what industry or trade you're in, you'll find most businesses will have peaks and troughs depending on certain times of year, whether it's holiday seasons or um, different seasonal fluctuations of the consideration. We'll have a contingency plan. So Especially if you're self-employed and you find yourself poorly or, um, you know, one of your kids, if you're a mum, if, if, if they're sick and you need to take some time off. if you yeah, plan Or on that, strike days, like now yeah. you can't work for two or three days a week. Exactly. So you can't, if you're trading your time for money in any way, then, you know, you need to have that planned for. And you, that's what you can do. That's the benefits of really keeping a finger on the pulse in your, in your, in your cash flow in your business. Um, and then you can prioritize pulling back on expenses if you need to, if the cash is looking low and you can invest earlier into the business if you've got surplus there. So it just gives you power and control and just in your decision making in your business. And personally, I think it relieves some of the pressure and stress that we have running a business, looking after our families. You know, we always take on many roles as women in business. It's it, it's not just the business that we're looking after most of the time for most yeah. of us. Yeah. And having that knowledge as power and the influence of that ahead of the game just takes one of the levers of pressure off because you're like, mm-hmm. right, okay, if something happens, I'm okay because I know what I've got and where. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's just like, you know, headspace and having that confidence is just huge when you're running a business isn't it and taking one thing away knowing confidently that you've got it sorted is just relieves so much stress and everything else we show up differently as well don't we like when we're Mm. feeling confident with with that we know our businesses and we know where it's at behind the scenes with the stuff that people can't see we show up differently because we're more confident so yeah, I definitely think it, it makes it such a difference between the startups that come to me that aren't tracking it well, the transformation that they have when they do track it well. You can see it in sales, increased sales, you know, the happiness of their families at home. There's more holidays books because they know what they've got and what they haven't. Or, you yeah. know, there's, not, there's the, uh, less of that impulse buying, which then gives you that shame and guilt afterwards. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It and just, just general relaxation. You're just a bit more yeah. chilled, aren't you? It's like, oh, thank yeah. goodness for that. I know what I've got. So how talk about tracking then. So how do you recommend that people track their cash flow? Is it on an Excel document? Is it about using the tech that's out there? Is it about good old pen and paper if you're still on the paper days? I'm a big fan. I love paper. Um, hmm. It's not the way that the world is going, but I like to keep yeah a little paper reconciliation of things or plans, or even though I've got a digital calendar, for example, of what my month looks like with my meetings, I'll still ha- on a Sunday night, sit there and plan out um, with a notepad, what it looks like with pen and paper. Same. Um, yep. Yeah. It's, it might be duplication. <laughs> do list is still on paper, even though yeah. fantastic apps and programs and software you can do if you, I'm, I'm not going to open it and look at it. I just want to have it in front of me at all times. Yeah. First glance, there it is. And I think, with your finances and accounts. So there's two sides to that point. The first side is that 
we are going digital as a society and HMRC is too. So we already have seen in the accountancy world that with VAT, we've gone to making tax digital, which means that all of our VAT return submissions need to be via compatible software, such as mm -hmm. QuickBooks and Zero. And they're bringing in what they've called MTD IT. So it's making tax digital for income tax. And what that means is for small business owners is that in a couple of years time, we're going to have to be submitting our tax returns via accountancy software as well. You can use a spreadsheet. So you can use Excel spreadsheets if you're a big fan of a spreadsheet. But basically, it means no handwritten stuff. So whilst we like to keep our handwritten stuff, we can keep doing that. We do need to get on board with the fact that it is going digital. So jumping on board with some type of accountancy software is really beneficial to people. And in my groups, in my audiences, I'm encouraging people to get on it now when there's no pressure to have to file it from the software. So you can yeah. have a play, get used to it. It doesn't have to feel stressful. Um and they've got loads of tutorials in both, well, in all of the accountancy softwares online, in the help sections, just small, you know, bite-sized chunks of information that teaches you how to use it, how to send an invoice. And what the accountancy software does is it links up to your bank account. So you have a direct feed from your bank account into the software. And effectively, you're looking at your cash position. Yep. So outside of that so the other side of the point is that yes we do still need somewhere to track our cash flow the software does have cash flow sections within it but if you're more comfortable tracking that outside of it on with pen and paper or in a spreadsheet like you talked about that system would be amazing um then you can you can still be compliant with the with the hmrc stuff that's coming up and you can look at your profit within your software but your cash flow, your, is it, as we've said, it's a separate thing that needs addressing in its own right. So it's mm -hmm. really whatever I will always say to somebody, it's whatever you're going to do. So it's all well and good me saying, I'd love you to use QuickBooks and put your, you know, your cash flow in here. But if you don't want to do that, you're not going to do it. You might say yes yeah. in the, you know, in the one-to-one -one and love the idea of it. But if in practical terms, it's just getting an A4 piece of paper and writing the months of the year on it and tracking it that way. Well, then do that because at least it means that you'll actually do it rather than not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take it in small steps as well. So start with at least tracking it in some way. Yeah. As you get more comfortable with that, move on to maybe an Excel spreadsheet. And as you get on move more comfortable with that, maybe move on to tech and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. like everything, isn't it? You just build up to it. Exactly right. Yeah. Cool. So this podcast is all obviously about getting balance as a business owner and things like that. So what would be your top two or three tips for business owners today that they can implement to manage their cash? What would be your top tips? So the top tips I would say are, I've got three of them. So the first one is to make sure that you separate out your business accounts from your personal accounts. Yes, so that's one of the first things I always say to my mentees that are starting up is that open up a separate account. Don't yeah. keep it all merged. And it's really easy to just let that sort of pass. And then before you know it, it's been two months, three months, four months, and then mm -hmm. effectively half of your year's accounts. You've got to go through personal bank statements, pull out what's business, what's personal. You miss expenses, so you pay more tax than necessarily. So that, that's, that's the best way to make sure that you're not going to pay too much tax 
and that you're keeping good records is to definitely separate those accounts. Then is to sit, my second tip is to get a process in place. So to systemize a process with your other monthly uh, things to do. So you might have social media calendar that you form, you know, you sit down, you might batch post or schedule in posts. You might have a content creation planning day, you know, mm-hmm. and you also want to be having an accounts day. So that needs okay. to become part of that piece. And however you want to track that, is up to you initially, but it's it's just the, it's the mindset of including it in your monthly processes. Yep. And the third oh, yeah. tip is to keep your tax pots. So the wonderful banks and the apps now will have these little tax pots um, that you can siphon money off from your own money and save it in a tax pot ready for tax time. And particularly this year, I had an unprecedented amount of people in December and January um, who who didn't have the money and they've you know gone on payment plans to HMRC and HMRC have that facility there for you to be able to do that if you get in that position so I would always say don't worry you know there's there's millions of people that do get in that position you can create payment plans it's always better to sort of put your hand up and say look I owe this tax I didn't save for it uh get a payment plan in place and then rather than just ignore it so some some people will ignore yeah. it not pay and then get fines and then it gets yeah. really messy no. And I always find actually when I um, have spoken to HMRC about my own situation or for client situation as well, they're really nice. They are. They love sp- It might take you a while to get through to them. However, yeah. when you do get through to them, you can go off and, 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 everything and then come back and stuff like that. It's fine. Um, but when yeah. you actually speak to them, they are really nice. They Obviously, they want our money. They don't yeah. want us not to pay the tax. So they are going to do everything they can to help you, but they can only do that if you're upfront and honest with them in time they they much prefer it and not only that you'll save yourself thousands of pounds in fines Mm -hmm. um the amount of clients that have come to me that have been trying to manage it themselves and just purely because they've missed deadlines and not been up you know forthcoming in ringing them up and making a plan has meant that they've landed in my accountancy practice with thousands of pounds in debt not for the tax for the fines Mm-hmm. Yeah. not doing it but you can avoid all of that by having your tax pot you can 100%. as you go so that's a big yeah. tip yeah there we go thank you very much so thank you very much for uh, sharing some general cash flow and accountancy tips with us today but obviously this podcast is more about us as balanced entrepreneurs so i'd like to know just a little bit at the end Gemma, if you can what makes Gemma heard balance what gives you that balance how do you make sure that you are balanced as well as being a business owner I just I love the name of your podcast and I just can relate to it and align with it so much it's just amazing and it's so needed because I think so many um, entrepreneurs are definitely unbalanced because we're just so passionate about what what we're doing and it's really hard to find the balance and I myself fell short to it Um, my business initially uh, started in 2019 uh, my own business and Obviously, it was September 2019, and then we went to lockdown for COVID. So I launched just prior to full lockdown. However, my um, business, fortunately, was um, pandemic-proof as an accountant. I got really busy because people were freaking out about what to do. And obviously, homeschooling, and I got COVID really early on, and there was no balance there for me. And it taught me a really, really strong lesson because I I got burnout and I had to do some serious, um, you know, self inventory on what wasn't working and why. 
And I had to take a lot of responsibility for how I wasn't setting clear boundaries. So boundaries has always been a big one for me because I historically have been a big people pleaser and um, yeah. wanting to make sure that if somebody, you know, WhatsApped me at 10 o'clock at night because they had something on their mind, I would think, oh God, I really want them to feel better and not worry for their night's sleep. So I would respond based on what they needed rather than recognizing my own boundaries, thinking I was being a nice person, um, yeah. which in the end didn't serve anybody because I couldn't show up in as my best business self because I was burned out, like so burned mm-hmm. out. Um, so I've had to practice boundaries and uh, realize, and I've done a lot of work on, people talk a lot about ideal clients and mm-hmm. uh, you know ideal clients and customers of who you want to work with. But I've started really like playfully exploring the topic of what's my ideal life and what's my ideal work life and what does that look like? So is it working five days a week school hours because, you know, I'm a single mum or is it working four days a week or is it picking up a Saturday and finding mm-hmm. childcare for that because I like working on a Saturday or is it batching my work days? So I do a lot of my accountancy work on one day and you and I were talking about this the other day and rather than batching in hours, batching in actual yep. full days. Mm-hmm, yep, it's working really well for me so far. Yeah, same. So I think putting things like that in place, and I also, you know, I'm not ashamed to talk about, and I think it's becoming more open now. I got some therapy in 2021 that really helps me look at, you know, why I was a people pleaser and where that came from and sort of heal that part. So now I can say, you know, no, like at first I practiced saying no, and felt really uncomfortable and I was like oh my god I'm just being the worst person in the world how could I do this but within four to five months I was like actually it feels really good to take back my power because I know that when I give I'm giving a thousand percent of myself and I'm really showing up so I can say no and feel okay about that afterwards but you know, I'm 39 now and that's, I got that therapy at sort of 37, 38. Like it took a long time for me to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding the balance, I would say, is is lifelong learning. And I don't think, you know, I listen to people, you know, far greater entrepreneurs than I that have been doing it for a lot longer and, you know, super successful. And th- they talk about it in the, in their in their podcasts and in their interviews and their literature. And it just makes me realize I'm just really mindful that if they're still talking about it, it's, it's a mindset, it's a long-term thing that we it need is. to come back to. It is. And I think as entrepreneurs, we are always thinking of the next thing or the next idea or what we'd like to do in our business and stuff. So it's, it's, it's hard to turn it's switch off. It's hard to create those boundaries when you've got these ideas flowing in your head all the time. And you love it so much. Like you love what you do. You've left your employed life. You've started your own thing. It's the most exciting thing you've ever done. And it's, yeah, learning to be like, yeah, balanced about it. And I don't have to be doing this 24-7, seven days a week. I can go at a slower pace and I'll still get to where I want to be. And enjoying that journey rather than thinking about the end goal. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your tips and some of your story with us today, Gemma. Really appreciate that. Um, do Before we go, do you want to just let people know where they can find you on social? I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just give yourself a shout out. 
Yes, sure. So um, I'm on Instagram doing silly dancing reels, trying to make tax and accounts <laughs> exciting. Uh, it's not the conventional accountancy stuff, but my IG handle is gem underscore bossing business. And then I've got the Facebook group that everyone's welcome in um, for, for new startups. If you want more help with the stuff that we've spoken about specifically. So that's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash bossing business. So the group's called bossing business. And then on my website is gemconsultancyuk.com. Fantastic. So thank you so much. I'll put all those in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, have a, a lovely day. Have a better balance going forward than what you've had before be amazing and thank you so much for your time Gemma Heard. absolute pleasure Janine thank you so much well I hope you enjoyed my interview with Gemma Heard from Gem Consultancy so I'm going to put all of Gem's um, contact details in the show notes where you can connect with her on Instagram and Facebook with her bossing business community Um, But really what I'd like to take away from today is that we all need to manage our cash flow. We never know what might happen in the future. We want to be able to enjoy ourselves. We want to be able to treat ourselves, buy stuff for our business, treat ourselves outside of business without the worry and anxiety and the unknown factor. So if you take anything away from my interview with Gemma, Please take away, look after your cash flow, know what's coming in, know what's going out and make sure you save for your pots for those taxes so that when you do your self-assessment and when you look to pay HMRC, you've got the funds already there. So I hope you pulled out quite a few hints and tips from Gemma. Um, and that's going to help you more balanced in your life and in your business. That's the whole point of this podcast check the show notes for Gemma's information and please look out for the next episode where I'll be talking about the power of collaboration. Now, this is one of my main values. If you've listened to my values podcast already, um, collaboration is about working with other people, using each other's skills, you getting the best out of you and other people to help grow everyone's business and to grow their skills and confidence. So next podcast, I'm going to be talking about how you can collaborate in your business and the power of getting the right collaborations to help you grow. So make sure you hit follow and look out for that episode. Bye for now.